Welcome back to Let's Thrive the Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Feichels, and it's a pleasure, as always, to have you here listening. If you're an OG, welcome back. If you're new, welcome, welcome. Let's Thrive has been an ever-evolving podcast for three years now, which blows my mind when I think about it. Lots of conversations, lots of tears and cries when trying to edit and publish the episodes, lots of emails, lots of self-discoveries and growth along the way, but here we are. And things have shifted quite a bit. I used to do a lot more interviews and conversations, and now it's sort of shifting in a new direction as I figure out what the hell I want to do with my life into much more (laughs) solo episodes, me just chatting behind the mic, hoping that somebody listens and relates while also sprinkling conversations and interviews here and there with people that inspire me or get me thinking or that I just want to share with any of you listening. So I appreciate any and all support and or just knowing that somebody's out there listening, you know, you feel me? But today's solo episode is actually a re-recording. So last night, I was just all in my feels. It was a cozy night. I had my candles going. The cats were just playing around the apartment. And I was like, I am going to record a solo episode on birthday reflections and drinking depression and panic attacks. And what happened was that it has been quite the last few days for me. And I haven't had therapy in a hot second. And so the episode just turned into like one big mind venting dump session and while that is great I also was reflecting on it this morning and thought I want to redo that with a bit more direction and a bit more clarity now that I have just spewed my thoughts into the mic last night so here we are round two this time it's a sunny morning outside I've sort of been having a slow day and I just wanted to come on to talk about something that was inspired by a caption I wrote the other day and a quote and the topics I discussed on last night's pre-recorded ramble. (laughs) So here we go. I wanted to start out with this quote that I read the other day. And, you know, in the gist of the terms, it was saying, the problem with communication is that we listen to reply and not to understand. Now, this quote came up And it just sort of made me pause and think and be like, wow, that's really fucking true. And I thought immediately of conversations and of people in my life in which that does feel the case, in which I'm trying to tell them something or explain something. And it feels like all I get in return is a reply versus true understanding, or at least feeling like I've been understood or feeling as though they have truly like heard what I'm trying to say. And obviously that's not like a great feeling to get with others, but it's also expected, right? I know at the end of the day, not everyone can hold space for what I have to say. And I know at the end of the day, not everyone should have to hold space or be there for, you know, the weight of whatever I'm saying or experiencing. That's understood. Now, what I started to think about with this quote and where things got interesting is just considering how it could apply to ourselves and the conversations we have in our minds and with our bodies that we are 
essentially listening to reply and not to understand. Now, where I'm trying to go with this is that, for an example, like how often are we reacting to a body cue for momentary relief or as a temporary change, right? So you're feeling exhausted one day. So you go home that night, you get to sleep early, you let yourself sleep in a little bit, and then you feel great, ready to go, right? And that's it. That night, you continue to then stay up a little bit later. The next day, you get up early again to fit in your workout before work. Then the next day, that happens again, and then again, and then again. And then two weeks later, you are on that brink of exhaustion again. And so you go to sleep early, let yourself sleep in, and then you're ready to go. And then it happens again and again, and it's a cycle. Or we're feeling sad. So that day, we turn it into sad girl hour, and we turn on our favorite show to distract, or we go out with friends, or we do X, Y, Z. And then, you know, a couple hours later, next day, work starts again. And next thing you know, we're just, we're doing the thing again. We're living life again. Maybe we're not exactly happy, but we're not sad, right? And so the distraction worked until a few weeks later, suddenly we're back in that sad, maybe depressed state. We do it again and again. Like I could give tons and tons of explanations, but at the end of the day, what it comes down to is that we're just not listening to our mind and or our body cues to understand the root cause, to understand the why behind these experiences. We're listening to reply and to react. Our bodies tells us we're hungry, we eat. You know, our body tells us we're tired, we sleep. Our body tells us we're thirsty, we drink. Those are great. That's listening in these momentary cues. But I think what we need to focus on and be aware of is when it's becoming a bigger issue, you know, when we are constantly feeling tired or we're constantly reaching this place of burnout, like why, why is that happening? Is it because we're living a hustle 24 seven lifestyle with too much on our plate and we're not prioritizing sleep? Why are you feeling these crazy, like hunger binge mode phenomenals at night? Is it because, you know, you're not eating enough during the day? Is it because something else is going on with your body? Why are you feeling these, you know, repeat weekly seasons, like days of sadness or loneliness or depressive, depressive episodes? You know, why? What's the root cause? Like what's going on in your life? What are you running from? What are you avoiding? What are you not accepting? I just think there's so much power to be had in thinking on this quote and thinking of all the ways in which we reply with a momentary and repetitive solution or temporary change instead of actually understanding and getting to the root why behind these phenomena and experiences in our life. And I think, A, it'd be great to apply this to our in-person conversations, right? So that we're actually understanding what people are trying to say and actually able to give an appropriate response But I also think it is so important, if not more important, to practice this with yourself. And what this really got me thinking about has just been my experiences over the last few days, which is what I recorded last night all about. And essentially, just to give like a brief overview version and to talk through why I think this is important and how I'm applying it and thinking about it 
over these past few days. On Friday, January 14th, it was my birthday. 22, we love it. The era of 21 is over and done with. It's a new, a new age, a new era, that of 22. Anywho, uh, obviously, you know, lots of reflections coming up that day, lots of thoughts, whatever they be. And then that night we decided to celebrate, you know, and so went out drinking with some friends. But before that happened, I was experiencing quite the flurry of emotions. Uh, My birthday has just always been like an emotional day for me because of the, it was just, you know, it happened. My mother's passing when I was a kid happened, you know, a few weeks before my birthday. And then things drastically changed on my birthday moving forward from there. So I don't know, it's always been a day with a lot of emotion. And this year I had expectations for what it would look like. And when those expectations just didn't happen, you know, I felt a lot of emotions. And I think, you know, my initial reaction, my initial response, quick reply, was going to just be to sort of push them aside and fill my day up with different activities and things so that I would feel happy and not have to think about these heavier emotions because I didn't want to, you know, it was my birthday. I didn't want to feel sad (laughs) or lonely or frustrated or like a failure in life. I just wanted to be happy. And so I started out by doing that, by distracting and doing these little things and responding to those heavy emotions with just, yeah, distractions and activities and whatever I could to just fill my day and my time and my mind. And then the time came, that time of night, where I I didn't really know what the plans were with my friends, and so I was just sort of sitting alone, and I was starting to really get hit with this heavy wave of emotions. And I just was also hit with this wave of exhaustion of trying to run and avoid them, and so I wound up just sitting with them and really letting them like wash over me. And it got me into this state of, I think, truly listening and understanding and reflecting on why I was feeling those ways and really letting myself see the truth of why I was feeling lonely on my birthday and why I was feeling sad and depressed. And so that was, that was great. However, then, you know, friends showed up, the night started, we went out drinking and I was happy, I was oblivious, I was not thinking about all those things. So the next day happens, Saturday, January 15th, just to keep everybody on time, (laughs) on the timeline. And I woke up to get ready for work and just slowly over the course of like an hour of waking felt this heavy, heavy depression sink in. And I've found over the past, you know, two years that I don't get hungover in the typical sense, you know, of like weird cravings or physical, you know, ailments or whatever it be, but I just get very depressed. Like I'm still functioning. I can function 100%, can go to work, can do the thing, can work out, all the things, but I just occasionally will fall into a very heavy drinking depression, as I call it. And that happened Saturday. And so I, of course was in this stupor of depression and not listening to understand my body cues, but just listening to reply. 
So, you know, just listening to reply in the sense of getting frustrated with people and irritated and snappy and just not even being able to hardly talk because I was just so, I don't know, I was just like sinking, drowning in this like heavy, heavy like weight of depression, you know, just such a depressive episode. And it wasn't until hours passed at work in which I was just so over things, such a fuck it mentality that I, I don't know, I just hit a wall and I was like, I don't want to feel like this anymore. You know, I, I, I don't want to deal with anything, but I also don't want to feel depressed, you know, like this anymore. And I just took some time and I think I once more started to actually listen to my body and mind to understand versus just react. And I started to have some self-compassion and self-grace about like why I was feeling this way and how these emotions had carried over from the day prior and what could I do to feel better. And I, I slowly kind of worked my way out of it. And I don't know, that night I was just sort of like reflecting and sitting with the feels and the thoughts and it did feel like I, you know, was listening to myself a bit more than I had been before. But still, you know, just sort of like caught in the loop of life and things going on. So then fast forward to this Monday, January 17th, timeline continues. <laughs> and it was a rough day at work for reasons too detailed to explain in this episode. Very rough day at work, but... Uh, what I want to talk about here is the panic attack that I actually had. <laughs> because I think if there's anything that serves as a great example of the importance of listening to understand your body versus listening to simply reply, it would be the instance of a panic attack. Now, what I always think about when these instances happen, I've had four or five panic attacks in the past two years, is that it's never about that moment like if I told you the moments in which each panic attack happened from an outside perspective it would just be like what the fuck like what a weakling you know this happened and that caused you to have a panic attack like no simmer down Susie that did not cause me to have a panic attack what caused my panic attack was choosing to not fully listen to my body and my mind for the weeks and months prior it was listening to respond and reply with momentary assistance or momentary change versus actually understanding why I was feeling X, Y, Z. And so then that builds up and builds up until this moment happens in which I, you know, in, in which this happens. And in this case, on Monday, it was this insane day at work, me getting in a dissociative state so that I could just go, go, go and not think about anything else which because of that, I failed to eat throughout the day. So I went like nine hours without eating, hardly drank any water, hardly even got to like pee or take a moment to breathe or anything like that. And so that like just sort of took everything I had been building up for the past weeks, months, etc., and built it, built it, built it until the moment came in which I dropped a bunch of glasses or like two glasses and a craft of water and they shattered and I can still feel the like feeling in my bones of just like the noise and the motion of just shattering of glass all over at my feet 
in which I was, you know, physically fine, but that shock and the way it snapped me out of this sort of dissociative stupor I was in and just immediately I was just frozen for a second and then boom, panic attack sets in and I am shaking and crying and running to the back walk-in freezer just to like cool down because I was so overheated and I couldn't breathe. I just felt like I was suffocating. And so I'm back there in the walk-in and I take off my jacket, I take off my mask and I'm just hyperventilating and shaking and crying and can't eat, like my tunnel vision, just like pure panic. And I just couldn't, yeah, that it was just the state of being I was in. And eventually I sort of like composed myself went back out on the floor, continued work for a bit, and then boom, next thing you know, another little thing. I had an argument with the kitchen about something that came up. And once more, that just like snapped me. And I found myself running back to the walk-in, another panic attack, compose myself, come back on, do some more work, float around, whatever it is. And then at that point, it was my coworkers seeing that something was not right. I was obviously struggling and like doing all this stuff, offering to help cover my shift, you know, like all these kindness and just the like kindness of like that boom snapped me and I'm running to the back. This time couldn't breathe at all. Panic attack sets in. And why I'm sharing this is because A, I have yet to feel fully comfortable or like I see enough people sharing about these instances to which I still feel very alone and otherly for having these experiences and talking about them openly and then b because it is as i said before the prime example of what can happen when we fail to listen and understand our body and mental cues post panic attack calm down it became very clear to me the exact areas of my life that i have been ignoring and not focusing on that caused this experience to happen it was the snap i needed to really remember like why mental and emotional health is so important to me as important as physical health if not more and it gave me like i said that clarity and the oomph to really look at and analyze what aspects of my life have caused this to happen and that I need to work on or focus on or whatever the case may be. And I don't know, I think what is truly beautiful about these types of experiences is that obviously whether it's trauma, an eating disorder, panic attacks, an incident, you know, losing your job, losing money, whatever it is, like big trauma, small trauma, anything in between, When shitty stuff happens, obviously, shitty. We don't want it to happen. Fuck that. But it is also always, there is always an opportunity to grow from that in a way of analyzing what has happened, why it has happened, how you are feeling, why you are feeling this way, and how you can keep that from hopefully never happening again or how you can work to cope and live through that if it ever happens again maybe that's just my personal view on it 
but it is like the fact of the matter and it's something I try to remember. So yes, I really wish I didn't have panic attacks and I wish I didn't live a life that, you know, leads me to have them, but I do. And now the question becomes, what can I do to better support my mental and emotional and physical being so that next time I'm better prepared or, you know, hail be if it doesn't ever happen again and I don't have any more panic attacks. But I think that's a little, you know, ball out, you know, out of the ballpark for me. (laughs) I think it's more so now about understanding why they happen, understanding maybe like the signs that start to appear before they happen, and then understanding what I need to work through them in the moment. And so I don't know, it was just a really neat experience. And last thing I want to say about it is that, and this is sort of another topic itself, but I wrote a post this morning on it, actually, and I can read it, but what eventually got me out of the panic attack because what happens essentially is that once it starts for me you know I I can compose myself get back out there but then I'm consistently triggered again until I fully feel safe and the exact moment that happened for me was actually because of a lovely friend and co-worker whom really just changed the game for me and so let me read this caption and then I'll explain how she helped The caption reads, I feel uncomfortable asking for help or support. Instead, I try to do it all, carry it all, and be there for others before being there for myself. Most of the time, I am capable of this, but sometimes I'm not. Sometimes I need help and support and someone to be there for me, but I don't know how to ask for it, and so I don't. The other day at work, this exact situation drove me into a built-up flurry of emotions that escalated into a panic attack As I tried again and again to pull myself out of it, I knew I needed a helping hand, but couldn't bring myself to ask for it. Thankfully, a wonderful friend and coworker saw this and stepped in. She said she didn't want to cross any boundaries, but would feel better if I let her help me. If I stepped back to breathe and eat and hydrate and let myself come down from the panic while she was still there to support. The way she phrased it, offering yet also asking permission to help me, made me pause and made me eventually accept it. I could finally breathe again. So maybe you're like me and feeling crushed under a weight too heavy to carry alone. Maybe you're swimming in a sea of emotions that's pulling you underwater. Maybe you're spiraling in a mental storm too dark to see the light of day. Whatever it is, I'm urging you to let others in. Find ways to ask for help or show to others that you need their help, or if nothing else, accept it when offered. Don't try to do it alone. There's truly no need to. Now, what I said in that caption is exactly what happened. She said to me, as I tried to deny her help for the fifth time, claiming that I could do it, I'd be fine, I could watch everybody, you know, I could cover the floor, everyone else can take their breaks, blah, blah, blah. And she just stopped and she said, Emmy, I don't want to cross any boundaries. I don't want to make you uncomfortable but I would really feel better if you let me help you and et cetera, you know, from there. And I think it just struck me as I said in the caption, like the first time that somebody had not only offered their help, but almost like asked permission, you know, like I, I don't know. There was just something different about the way she phrased it. And even the way she just, 
fully said, I want to be there for you. Like I want to be there to support you versus just saying like, oh yeah, I can cover for you. Like it just, it made me stop and it made me think. And I remember just feeling for the first time that day, my heart rate just drop and me get very calm. And like my vision almost clearing a bit from that like panic induced sort of like, I don't know, flow that I was moving in. And like I said, it felt like I had taken the first full deep breath all day. And I said, yes. And immediately like felt that release that I was no longer in a mode of panic. And that was after like two hours of me getting triggered and going back into a like mini panic attack, whatever it was like her, that moment of her saying it that way and me accepting it, like just changed the game changed my entire outlook and perspective and mindset of that day and of like all the work to come. And I just, I don't know, it really made me pause and think. And I think that's also an example of somebody that is truly like listening to understand and not just to reply. Because every time I declined her help previously, some people would have just accepted that and been like, oh, you know, she's fine. But she was listening and she could understand in the way I said what, you know, like the way I declined her help wasn't me like she could see, she could see and hear and understand that I actually did need help and I actually did need somebody to support me and step in. I just didn't know how to say it. And I know maybe that sounds like that doesn't make sense to some of you, but I'm sure some of you do get that in which there are the subtle ways we say things and words we use and the way we carry ourselves in which we are hoping, just like hoping that somebody sees through it and hears through that like outer bullshit to know and to understand that we do in fact need help, that we do need that hug or that support or that step in, whatever it may be. And she did that and she did that for me. And I felt seen and heard and safe enough to allow her help and so it was just a very neat experience that I felt really aligned with this quote and with the entire thought process I had around it so deep breath I was definitely talking a bit fast there apologies for that (laughs) Um, if any of this episode related with you I would love to hear thoughts chat discuss as I mentioned earlier I still feel a lot of the times rather alone in these experiences. Um, I don't know. You know, maybe I do have friends in my life here or friends on IG that completely understand and completely know what it's like, but it's not always easy to bring that up in conversation. And so instead, I just, I don't know, you know, sometimes I feel like no one can understand and truly help me when I'm having a panic attack or when I'm feeling really depressed, or when I'm all feeling so alone. But I don't, I don't think that's necessarily true. And so I would love to open the conversation with any of you. And just with, you know, anything else. So if that's the case, um, yeah, let's connect on IG. I'm on there at Emily Feichels. I'll have it linked below. And would be happy to hear your thoughts connect in any way. I appreciate you listening and I hope this episode gave you something to think about or ponder and without further ado, let's wrap things up.